Hello and welcome to the Paid Search Podcast. I'm back. My name is Chris Schaefer and you are listening to the most informative Google Ads podcast out there. I talk about Google Ads. If you want to know about Google Ads, that's what I'm here for. I've been managing Google Ads accounts for 20 years now. I am, you know, pretty good at it been doing it for a long time and I'm happy to share everything that I know, everything that I possibly can share. We're on episode 373. So you've got a lot of, a lot of hours to listen, but you know, everybody wants the latest and the greatest. So I keep coming back for more. I keep bringing more information, bringing more content. And uh, if you'd like to subscribe, I would appreciate you coming back and listening. I think you'll enjoy the show if you're new. If you like to subscribe on YouTube, you can click the link in the description and subscribe there. I have a growing list of people that have subscribed and enjoy the show that way as well. So thank you for joining me. I want to tell you I have some question, a question from Maryland coming in today. I have a discussion late in the show about a strange phenomenon that happens in Google ads that, you know, that people need to know about that's important. I want to discuss it and uh, what you need to know and how it can affect you. And I'm talking about the metric of the week today. And most importantly, before I start the show, I have to let you know about the greatest software to manage Google ads. And that's optio.com slash PSP. That is the software that I recommend if you want to get more done in Google Ads. It has keyword bidding, search term management tools. It is the simple interface that doesn't overwhelm you with a ton of buttons and options and things that just going to make it more difficult. It's, it's designed to make it simpler. And that's what I like about it. I like things simple, straightforward. You'll hear that when you hear me talk. I like things to be able to be understood, reasoned with, and then make solid decisions. So if you like simplicity, if you like making things easier on yourself, this is what the tool is for you. It is a wonderful tool at opteo.com slash PSP. Use the chat box at the bottom of the screen to tell them you heard about it here on the show, and they'll give you two months for free to try the tool. You'll like it. Pretty much everyone that I talk to that listens to the show has tried it, and they love it. They become subscribers. But hey, it's just a free trial. You can try it for free at optio.com slash PSP. So as I do every week, I jump into different segments of the show, and the first segment is always... Metric of the week. I've gone through all kinds of metrics and we're going to keep grinding through them because there's a lot. There's always confusion about different metrics and today's metric is ad strength. And I want to talk about ad strength because ad strength is very often confused with another metric called ad relevance. And I want to help you understand the difference between these because they are not the same. They are very different metrics. They have different roles in Google Ads. And I'm going to go through ad strength and define it and tell you what it is not, because I think that's a very important part of the definition. 
in understanding this metric of the week. So ad strength is only available for you to view in the ads screen. So when you're viewing keywords and you want to know ad strength, you can't see it. It's not there. If you're viewing the campaigns or the ad groups and you want to see ad strength, it's not there. You can see ad strength when you look at the ads screen and you have all your responsive search ads on the screen there. So ad strength is specifically for responsive search ads and it is a tool to help you understand when you ha are reaching a certain level of best practice in Google Ads. Best practice meaning you're hitting all the optimal standards for performance. A higher ad strength will help you maximize your ad's performance. And performance is a very generic term for basically, you know, making sure the ad does what it's supposed to do. It's getting impressions. People are noticing it. That there's plenty of variation when the ads show. It's not just the same ad over and over again. It is built-in A-B testing. And really, with Google, it's A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It's, it's, it's a whole bunch of testing. It's not just A-B testing. It's all kinds of testing. So it's testing different headlines, different descriptions. And then, and then this whole thing can't really happen unless you follow the best practice. So, so Google's going to give you an ad strength of incomplete poor, average, good, and excellent. So of course, excellent is the best. That's the highest quality of ad strength. And it measures the relevance, the quality, and diversity of your ad copy. So let's go through what those, so relevance of your ad copy is if you're advertising A, are you, do you keep saying B in your ad? You need, to, you need to appeal to people who are searching for A in your ad copy. So you need to have A in your ad copy. You can't say a whole bunch of B and expect it to be relevant. It needs to be relevant. The quality is going to have to do with, you know, how do you say it? You know, do you, do you say it in creative ways? The quality of the ad is, you know, do you use different ways of saying the same thing, but in creative ways? Are you using reflective questions? Are you trying different call to actions? Things like that. Okay, so this is important because in order to get the best testing, the best use out of a responsive search ad is it needs to respond to how people interact. If Google is rotating all these different headlines and some headlines don't work as well, it's going to try other combinations. And in order for that to happen, it has to have a lot of headlines to try. So it encourages you by giving you ad strength. You can absolutely ignore ad strength and have a whole bunch of poor status ratings. It's not going to mean that you fail at Google Ads. It's not going to mean that your ads don't show because they can still show. If you have a whole bunch of poor ad strength, it just means that you're not really making full use of the tool. You might suffer in the fact that you don't show as many impressions as you possibly could have. And that's a big deal because impressions lead to clicks, clicks lead to conversions, conversions lead to sales. 
So if you can't start with the seed, you're never going to get the plant and you're never going to get the fruit. So that's a problem. You need to make sure that you have good ad strength. Now, the reasons why some people might have poor ad strength is because they, they have determined, I have to have this in headline one, I have to have this in headline two, and I have to have this in headline three. No variations. I want my message clean, solid, not changing at all. That is going to get you poor ad strength because you have pinned your headlines. Typically, it's you. Ha it's fine to do, but you have to understand what you're losing. You have to understand by forcing Google to use certain headlines, it's going to limit some factors like impressions. You may get worse click-through rates than you would in... in Click-through rates are all part of getting you to the final product of getting a sale, getting a conversion. So ad strength encourages you to move in that direction. Make sure you use call to actions. Make sure you use numbers. Make sure you use different ways of saying things, creative ways. Use very diverse types of headlines to attract attention. Features, benefits, call to action. Straight up just putting the keyword in there. Geographic references things like that are going to help with the diversity and the quality and the relevance, giving you a better ad strength. So where it gets confused is ad relevance. Ad relevance is not ad strength. These are two very different things. Ad relevance is a piece of the puzzle of quality score. Now they both measure the same kind of thing, but ad strength you can directly affect. I can take a poor ad strength and fix it in moments and take it up to excellent. Just like that. Direct influence, I can fix it immediately. I can see it, fix it, done. Ad relevance is not a linear path. Ad relevance has to do with quality score. And if you're familiar with quality score at all, you know it is anything but linear. It is anything but A to B to C. It is a zigzag confusion of different types of things. So ad relevance is not something you should pay close attention to when you're writing your ad. If you follow the rules of having a themed ad group associated with very specific terms, products, types, things like that, and then your ad copy is specific to those services that you're offering, then you will be adhering to ad relevance. And that's essentially just how closely your ad matches to the intent behind a user's search. That's what ads, ad relevance definition is. So ad relevance, how closely your ad matches to the intent behind a user's search and ad strength is a system for Google to provide feedback to help you focus on the right messages for your customers. Okay, understand it this way. I don't know if you've ever heard it this way, but here, listen closely. Ad strength is optional. Ad relevance is not. Say that again. Your ad strength is optional. You do not have to have excellent, good, average. You can just have straight, poor ad strength. Ad relevance is not really optional. If you want to be able to succeed, you need to have good ad copy that's at least relevant. You need to at least try and communicate directly 
to the people that are searching. If you're if they're searching for something, you need to offer them that something specific in the ad. Otherwise, they're not going to click your ad. You're completely off base here. You're missing the point of paid search. All right, so that's it. That's the metric of the week. I hope that helps. I hope that helps enlighten you in this dark tunnel of Google Ads management. Gets pretty confusing. And when you're confused, please go to paidsearchpodcast.com. Send your questions in there. I have a backup log of questions that I pull from. Always happy to get more questions. Today's question comes from Matt in Maryland. Matt says a few things. I abbreviated the question a bit just to get to the main question here. So here it is. Matt says, if I set up an experiment in which the original campaign has a manual bid strategy and the trial campaign has a max conversion strategy, will that necessarily have the same effect as if I just abruptly switch strategies, sending the AI into a tailspin? Or will running it as an experiment soften the blow and allow the experiment to help me determine which bidding strategy is more effective without much disruption in the meantime? Thank you for your question, Matt. The answer is absolutely yes. Matt, what you described of using an experiment is 100% what you need to do when you're wanting to test manual bids to automated or automated to manual bids or less maybe a little less so but also if you're wanting to test max conversions to target cost per conversion target CPA or if you're wanting to test max conversion value to target ROAS. If you're wanting to do that and you're wanting to take it slow and be very cautious and as you very smartly referred to sending the AI into a tailspin, that's exactly what you should should do. That is what experiments are for. Now, we didn't used to call the Google system AI until recently. It's really an algorithm. I wouldn't really call it an AI. Doesn't Google doesn't really call it that, so it's not really AI. It, it's an algorithm, but that is that you know, whatever you want to call it. The mystery box of automated bidding. You don't want to just slap it across the face and, and spin it around the room and it's gonna get completely confused and it's gonna ruin everything. You don't want to send it into a tailspin and just have it crash your campaign. Let me explain what some of you may not completely understand about you know why Matt is asking this. I highly encourage anyone listening to this podcast, you hear me talk about manual bids, automated bids, and you get, your interest gets peaked into one of those two. I cannot stress enough the amount of damage that you can do to your campaign if you go straight cold turkey from manual bids to automated or automated to manual bids. 
automated campaigns, if you swap from one automated campaign to another, may not be quite as much destruction, but absolutely you can have full out total chaos tailspin if you swap. The, the only way that I ever suggest that you do this to minimize risk is to use the experiment feature. First, let me say experiments are not setting up a new campaign with the same keywords and the same ad copy and everything and then just running it as automated while the original campaign that's in manual is running. That is not an experiment. When I say experiment, I am talking about the formal tool in Google Ads. I'm not just using the word experiment in the general term. It is called an experiment. It is a tool in Google Ads that you can set up an experiment, launch that experiment, and it runs in a controlled environment alongside your original campaign. If you don't know, please look that up. It is a wonderful tool to use. Do not go cold turkey. And do not just set up a duplicate campaign. Those those are risky for different reasons, but they're both risky. So don't do that. When you set up an experiment, exactly like Matt said, you allow the system to gather momentum and test in a safe environment the success or just overall results of a campaign comparing it to the original campaign. So let me let me tell you a story. This is uh, I think this is a great way to explain the right way to do it. I have a client that is in let's say the housing industry and I've been running this campaign for a while. I got my hands on the campaign. The first thing I wanted to do was really try and, you know, slim down some of the waste on the account. That's one of the first things I did. They were running 100% manual. Manual bids, loved it. So I didn't have to worry about bid control. I have bid control, but there were a lot of broad keywords in there that were kind of out of control and just driving a lot of stuff I didn't really like. So what I did instead was I set up a a strategy where I set up some keywords, I tried some testing on some bids and stuff like that. And then over a period of about three months, I started experiencing a point where I hit plateau on my ability to bring down the cost per lead because that's the main thing they were focused on is cost per lead. Started to plateau on that. And my search terms were clean. And I really liked the quality of traffic that were coming that was coming in, converting into a, a good amount, but I just couldn't seem to get, I couldn't get past that one thing. I couldn't get past a certain conversion rate, you know, is like a 12% conversion rate or something like that. And their goal is to try and get the best cost per conversion possible. So what did I do? I set up an experiment. Okay, you've heard me talk about phasing of Google Ads. Phase one, phase two, phase three. I was well past phase one. I had control of my traffic and I was getting the traffic that I wanted. And I was spending the full budget. Okay, that's well past phase one. I was now into phase two. I was getting conversions. I was optimizing for conversions. And now I'm into phase three, which is where I'm trying to squeeze 
as much juice as I can out of this campaign. The campaign is, you know, maybe giving us 7% conversion rate. Now I want to try and get it to 12%, 13%. So I'm trying to optimize. Phase three is the optimization where I am juicing this campaign as much as possible for everything it's got. I reach a plateau. So what I do is I set up an experiment. I set up an experiment, a formal experiment, the tool, the experiment tool where I create an experiment. My base campaign is my manual bid campaign. And my experiment campaign is the exact same thing, except I just changed it to automated bids. That's all I did. I set up, I set it up to, in this case, I actually, to skip all the long story stuff, I, we ended up going with target ROAS on this because I had some ROAS data. It turned out to be a better strategy, but it could have been target CPA, right? So it could have been anything. But the main point is I went from manual to automated of some capacity. I then let that thing run. Not a week, not two weeks, not three weeks, not four weeks, not five weeks. I let it run for six weeks. I could have let it gone for eight. The reason I let it go two weeks is because I was seeing some momentum. There was a little bit of a difference there. Not one or two conversions, but I was seeing better metrics. I was seeing better conversion rates, better cost per conversion, all that kind of stuff. Then, you know, three weeks, four weeks, I'm starting to see more of a distance. I'm starting to see a wider distance between the cost per conversion, the ROAS, all that kind of stuff. And I'm starting to see some industry in interesting tendencies with this automated bid campaign. I'm starting to pull in some keywords I had not really gotten any volume on before that are actually converting. There were some entirely new searches that were coming from my original keywords that it was pulling in that was converting at a good rate for me. So now I'm starting to see not only distance, but a difference. Distance and a difference in the campaign starting to tell me I like this. Now, it never reached statistical significance. There, the experiment campaign has a, has a statistical significance calculator built in, and it'll tell you once you reach a statistical significance percentage uh, or amount in your conversions. That never happened. But I could still see a difference in a, di uh, a distance and a difference between the base campaign and the, in the experiment. In other words, the manual bid in the experiment. So much so that around six, seven weeks, I converted 100% of my budget back over to my experiment, shut down the manual, and I'm now running that campaign at cost per conversion numbers that they have never seen. Just killing it. And that's because the automated campaign took it far beyond what I, it took me past that plateau and then to the moon. That is how you just kill phase three. That's how you'd go from phase two to just absolute like phase three. And then that's how you get into phase four is when you start just seeing absolute crazy numbers, you'll start to discover keywords and the difference in those keywords. 
I don't want to go too much into all of that because that's not really the question that you asked. I think I, I think I more than sufficiently answered your question, Matt. Thank you so much. And if you would like to send a question about anything you hear today, anything that you have a question about, I pretty much can, you know, guarantee I'll, I will read it. Well, I will read it. Can't guarantee I'll answer it, but please be thoughtful in your question. Make sure it's very clear with your name, where you're from, and I will answer it if it's uh, if if I think it's appropriate for the for the topic. Speaking of topic, I'm going to get into a very strange phenomenon that happens in Google Ads that you need to be aware of. I'm going to lay it out and exactly my thoughts on it. And before I do, please take a moment if you have not check out optio.com/psp. They are our exclusive advertisers on this show. They help keep me interested in doing this show. Honestly, I'm a busy guy. If I didn't have some incentive on doing this, if they didn't sponsor us, I don't know if I'd put my time into it. And they, they help keep this show going because it's, it's, it's important that at least something comes out of this because I give away a lot for free, right? As my old friend Jason used to say, we get naked on the internet. And that's what I'm doing. I'm sharing a lot. I've had people tell me they get mad about some of the stuff I share. Like, don't say that. Stop talking about that. But uh, you guys get it. So please do me a favor, optio.com slash PSP. Click the link in the description. Try it out. You will like the software. Guarantee it. Okay, topical discussion for the day is this. Okay, there's a strange phenomenon that happens in Google Ads. Okay, I'm not going to play around. I'm going to get straight to the point. I've seen this so many times. Just got off a consulting call with someone where I, I do a Zoom session with them. We go through their account together and they're spending a very large amount of money. Ten, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands in, you know, in, in a quarter. And they have been relying on for a very long time, broad keywords, two word broad match keywords, like let's say AC repair. Okay. Really simple. Very broad, very broad AC repair and getting very good results from that. So much so that their business grows and grows and, you know, they spend, you don't, you don't start off spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. You start off spending very little and you grow that. So obviously it's worked for them because they've grown to the amount of spend that they're at now. The, the strange phenomenon is this, and it, I want to talk about it because you need to understand that it's a strange phenomenon. This is not common. This does not happen for everyone. But this broad match kind of horrible keyword thing happening with automated bids just exploding and doing really well for a business. Let's focus first on the positive. I can tell you this absolutely works. Sometimes. You have some broad keywords, two words, probably not one word, you know, probably not the word AC, you know, air conditioning, probably AC service, AC service company. Ideally, not a great search. It's very broad, very nonspecific. It doesn't have a geographic term in it. You know, the word company is never really a good one. Google kind of interprets that word and it kind of gets you all kinds of different types of searches. So it's it can be very scary to run keywords like that. 
But it could take that. And over a period of months, certainly years, if you have conversion tracking, max conversions can take that just and blow it up. You just get, you get amazing results that cannot be to that volume cannot be duplicated with manual bids. I'll say that. I will absolutely, that is 100% the truth. You cannot duplicate what is happening with these automated bids with manual bidding or with phrase match keywords or exact match keywords. In fact, if you were to throw a whole bunch of phrase match keywords, it will ruin it. It will crumble. Also, if you were to take that same campaign and change it to manual bid from automated or change it from max conversions to max clicks, it will fall apart. There will be a definitive crash in that campaign's conversion rate, you know, ability to to get sales and, and, and you know, lead generation or e-commerce, actual purchases, you know, whatever you're running. It will kill it. The magic is specifically broad match keywords and automated bidding, specifically conversion-based automated bidding. It is magical. It is wonderful. When you have campaigns like that, it is wonderful. So, you know, I I love it. It's It's a great spot to be where you can literally run a campaign for years and run broad match keywords and, you know, Google just keeps delivering. It happens. It is a phenomenon that when you have it, it is wonderful to have. And I am always terrified of messing up campaigns like that because it's this engine running inside of this black box that you can't see why it's working. You just know that every now and then it just spits out a widget and you're like, ooh, piece of candy. You know, it it, it works. It works. So let's change tones a bit. There is a danger to this. There is a price that you pay for this. No, no, nothing of value comes without a price. And there is a price to pay. Even in Google Ads, even in the completely invisible, non-tangible world of Google Ads where you pay you know, where billions of dollars go and there is never anything tangible that it's ever exchanged or, or, or gained other than just the results of the clicks, right? There are consequences. The price paid for something like this is it does tend to be more expensive. This phenomenon really requires a bit more volume in order to return volume. Okay, so you tend to spend more. Next thing, next consequence of this is there's no real control that you have. When things go bad, and I get this all the time, I have people that will contact me like, hey, I've been running Google Ads for years and suddenly ever since so-and-so month, things have just fallen off a cliff. I hear that a lot and it always makes my stomach drop because I'm like, oh boy. You know, that I think I've heard that before. You know, that's always scary because someone loses control and 
they don't know how to fix it. Who I don't hear from are people that had control from the beginning. Something falls off the, you know, falls off the, 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 the chart in as far as bad returns and they know how to fix it. They have control. They're able to right the ship and get it back to where it was originally. That's someone who has control. When you fall off a cliff and you have control, you can get back to where you need to be. But when you fall off a cliff and you don't have control, now you're in trouble. When things go bad, how do you get back? You have no map, no control, no visibility to get yourself back. This is the price paid. It can be very scary. Suddenly you're going along and it fails. The next price paid is sometimes you can have some really poor closing rates, some really poor conversion to sale ratio. And I'm talking specifically for lead generation people. Hang on a second if you're e-commerce because I'll talk to you in just a minute. But for, for lead generation, you tend to have very poor closing rates. You get a lot of people that are like, you talk to someone on the phone like, how in the world did you get into, how did you find me? No, I don't do that. Or what? Yeah, a whole lot of just kind of like you hang up the phone. You're like, I don't know. I don't know. How did they, why did they even call me? That's not at all what I do. You know, why, 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 why did they call me about parts for AC, for their AC? And obviously everything on my side is about repair. I don't sell parts. I'm not going to give you supplies. I'm not a hardware shop, but yet they contact you this way. This is the kind of experience you might get. People that are just, you know, your closing rates might be very poor. If you run e-commerce, you have an online shop, this experience would essentially be very low ROAS, very low return on ad spend. So you're sending a lot of traffic and the conversion rate is low, which a lot of times for e-commerce, it's already low, but it your, your, your return on ad spend might be subpar. It might be in the, you know, 100 or you know 100 100% return 150% return you know so 1.5 and you really need like a 200% 250% return and you're not ever really there but you know volume is kind of get you know is at least if you just keep getting volume lifetime value kind of pays off for you but you're always kind of running at a slight loss that might be a consequence of this phenomenon of broad match, automated bids, just kind of hard press, just go out there, go, go, go volume. And then last, it's impossible to pivot. The disadvantage is that you can't change the momentum of this ship. This ship does not change direction easily. I mean, you might be able to, but it's tough. It's tough to change the direction of a ship and that goes back to the fact that you have no control in the first place. If you're like, hey, we sell widget A and widget B, or we sell service A and service B, we want to do more of B. Good luck pushing the system in that direction. Ugh. That sucks because in the end, you have no definitive way of controlling your leads. And I'll tell you for many people out there that at these prices, the, the price to pay here is totally worth it. They deal with it every day. I deal with it every day. And sometimes it's, you know, it's worth it. I mean, the advantage of doing it is that there's no real skill required to any deep level. 
really. I'm not saying that everyone that does it this way is dumb or you know uneducated. That's not at all what I'm saying. I'm just saying that the deep level of analytical thought and strategy is not required here. It could, and, and the second advantage is it could work for years. This could be an indefinite source of leads for you that could just grow the business for a very long time. And also you save money on management fees, you know? <laughs> you don't need heavy dependence on agencies or managers to, to do that. You know, it just kind of happens. But don't forget, there is a price to pay. If you're experiencing stuff like this, you could be a part of this phenomenon that happens in Google Ads that has happened a lot more since automated bids have become such a big part of our life in Google Ads. And there you go. I hope that is useful for each and every one of you. As always, I will be back one week from now to talk more. You can contact me at chrisschafer.com. If you feel like you're a part of this phenomenon, I'm happy to chat about it. Take a look at your account. I provide management services and consulting services, which is a live Zoom session for one hour. If you don't care about any of that, thanks so much for being part of the show. Thanks very much for supporting me, supporting our sponsors. I'll see you next week. <laughs>